He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Adelaide Heward-Mills. Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Adelaide Heward Mills. Hallelujah. Please take your seat. I was nervous. That's why I said take your seat. I've forgotten that we have to pray. Shall we share a word of prayer? Father, thank you so much for a morning like this. Thank you for the grace and the privilege of being the vessel you have chosen this morning to use. Lord, let the words of my mouth be acceptable to you. And let the Spirit fall as your words come. May the Spirit of God fall on your people as your vessel speaks the word of God. May lives be transformed. May we become more like Jesus. May we be suited for your purpose because of this word that will be preached. Enabling Holy Spirit, teacher and guide, help me. If you can use anything, use me this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Happy Mother's Day to us all. To, us, to those of us who may be biological mothers and spiritual mothers as well. And some of us are like God. The Bible says about God that he's El Shaddai, which means the mighty breasted one. And that he gives milk to all his children. So that is the female aspect of God. Amen. And the Bible says that male and female made he them. So God has certain things that make him a mother. And one of them is El Shaddai. Because he feeds us with so many nutrients. He's a mighty breasted one. Can you imagine all the nations of the world being breastfed by God? But God is able. And so he has demonstrated to us what it means to be a mother. And he has given his son for our lives and done so many things. And I want to encourage us that motherhood is not only biological, but it's in so many ways. I grew up in a big home. My parents took care of a lot of people, including cousins, including unrelated people. But they adopted them. And some of them became the best sisters that I ever had and the closest sisters that I ever had. And they were nurtured and they were groomed under the same roof. They grew up. Some of them got married to medical doctors, went to live in America, were educated, also went to Wesley Girls, but had no bathing blood in them. This is what it means to be a mighty breasted one. And I think that is real Christianity. But most of us, we say we speak in tongues, so we are more holy than our parents. But our parents walked in better love than we do. 
So I pray that we will not just be selfish and just look in our bowls and say, oh, these are my children. Or say, I don't have any other children. Oh, lift up your head. Look at the fields. They are white. And there are many, many people, both male and female, who need a mother to bring guidance, to bring love, to bring affection. We already look after the orphanage. And we have there some abandoned children. So I am talking about something I know firsthand. And you can love them and you can nurture them and affect their future in a very positive way. Amen. So congratulations to all mothers, intending mothers, pensioned mothers like my mother, who still mother and control by remote control. We still thank them and God bless you all. And if you haven't called any mother figure in your life, and if you are very ungrateful because you have some small bone to pick with that mother, I mean, why do you even have a bone? You know, and you are waiting till she's in the coffin, then you come and cry that I'm so sorry. Please, timely evaluation. After this service, go and call them. Go and buy something meaningful. And don't say that it's the thought that matters. The thought should be translated in what is given. Amen. And celebrate the mother figure in your life. Amen. To both male and female. Amen. Well, this morning, we don't have much time. And so we are going to be very brief. But I would like to talk to you about the role of women in the life of Jesus. The role of women in the life of Jesus. The women are so many. I can't preach about all of them. I will do my best concentrate on one main one and then we will flow from there is it a good idea amen and I also want to thank Bishop Dag Bishop Saki the assisting founding associate bishops for all their help in making the women's conference a success and for all those who have worked tirelessly the choir Behind the scenes, the prayer, the decor, the drama, the arrangement. Oh, may Jehovah reward all of you in good time. Amen. Matthew chapter 1, verse 5. Matthew chapter 1, verse 5. It's talking about the lineage of Jesus Christ. And it's talking about this one begat this. And this one begat that. And this one begat that. When I was a younger Christian, I used to skip these verses. And say, oh, it's not necessary. A lot of people's names. What should I do with it? But as I've grown up, I have seen some of God's wisdom. I can't know all. But it's revealed from time to time. In finding it necessary to list the names. So that we can see the line that Jesus came from. So when we read Matthew 1 verse 5. The Bible says, and Salmon begat Boaz of Rahab. Rahab or Rahab are the same, one and the same person. And Boaz begat Obed, Obed of Ruth. And Obed begat Jesse. And Jesse begat David the king. And David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. Amen. And so it is said that in this whole lineage, it's a long one, four women are made mention of. And isn't it amazing? The first woman is Rahab. Rahab. 
and they say that her husband's name was Salmon, not the one you put in your contemporary stew. Amen. Her husband's name was Salmon. And then, after that, she and Salmon, they begat Obed, who became the, wife, the husband of Ruth, which we, whom we know of in the Bible. And then Ruth begat who? Jesse, Obed. Obed begat Jesse. And Jesse begat David, who is of the lineage of Jesus Christ. And the one you are getting somewhere down there in verse 16, it mentions Joseph, the husband of Mary, the mother of Jesus. This is the first time I've heard that. A man is being introduced by who his wife is. You know? So we have Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba, who took somebody's husband. And also was somebody's wife. And the Bible never paints you differently from how you were. It doesn't say, oh, Bathsheba, Mrs. David. It's Bathsheba, who was the wife of Uriah? Even in the New Testament. After so many generations have passed, it's Bathsheba, who was the wife of Uriah. Amen. And begat Solomon. And so, but all the four of us, of women are mentioned. And I want to say that as women... Ask yourself that if you are no more, will you be mentioned? And if you are mentioned, in connection with what will you be mentioned? So Rahab is mentioned as the wife of Solomon and having given birth to Boaz, who was the husband or became the husband of Ruth. Amen. Now when we turn our Bibles to Joshua chapter 2, Joshua is after the five books of Moses. So it's the sixth book in the Bible. Okay. We don't have time, so I don't want you to sweat. Okay. Joshua is after Deuteronomy. And then Joshua chapter 2. That should be okay for you and I. And in Joshua chapter 2, it's the story of two spies who brought a good report about the land that Israel wanted to invade. And when they brought that good report, they were able to bring some fruit also from that land. That's in Numbers, but in this one, Joshua sent the two to go ahead to Jericho to go and spy the land. And when they go to that land, the Bible says that they come across a woman, and that woman is called Rahab. Let's read from verse 1. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into an angel's house, and came into a nun's house, and came into a saint's house. And came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. Amen. A harlot. Not a holy woman. Not a sacred woman. Not a woman without sin. But a harlot. Forgive us, Jesus. And... Not only did they come there, they lodged there. 
Now, I think and believe that the reason why they lodged there was because a harlot's house has a lot of human traffic. So when they see two men, it's not strange because after this one, it will be the turn of the other. So that when they went into the house, it happened to be a harlot's house. Or maybe they had asked before. And when you go into a harlot's house, nobody will ask you, hey, a man, what are you going to do there? They all know what you are doing there. I have been to Amsterdam. I have driven in the red light district. And I've seen women in cages with glasses. I mean, glass cages. And half nude, you know, with poses. You stand like this the whole day. So that different clients come. And they say, okay, this one, that one, that was Rahab's job, you know. And I remember one day, I was going with our pastor, and then we got down. I thought we were going for evangelism, so we had to walk. Then when we got somewhere, he showed me that this is a Ghanaian girl. So that's, we were walking by that glass cage, and we were looking. Then now, the mannequin in the stage started to be angry with us. Why are you looking? And all that from the glass, you know. But that was Rahab's job. And a few years ago, I was in Italy. It was winter, cold, shivering. And again, I was with our pastor and some other ladies. And we saw cars going up to the road in his house, but not the same road. Cars stopping and young girls, scantily clad, standing by the roadside in the winter. And then the men would stop by the car and talk to them. And also feel them on all different parts of their body. And then some of them will say, no, no. And then they'll just drive off. That was Rahab the harlot. And the kind of life that she led. Amen. We are reading on. And it was told the king of Jericho saying, Behold, there came men in hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house. For they be come to search out all the country. And the woman took the two men and hid them. And said thus, there came men unto me, but I wist not, or I don't know whence they were, or where they came from. And it came to pass, about the time of shutting the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out. Whither the men went, I don't know. So the king sent to Rahab's house. We've heard that two men have come into your house. And we have intelligence information that they are seeking to come and spy out our land. So release them. And Rahab said, two men came, as is my usual business. But they have gone. And I don't know where they went. And then she adds her advice. Pursue after them quickly, for you shall overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof of her house. And she hid them with the stalks of flax which she had laid in order upon the roof. And the men pursued after them the way to Jordan and to the forts. And as soon as they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. Before they lay down, she came up unto them upon the roof and said unto the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that your terror is falling upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what he did unto the two kings. Amen. 
Rahab was a harlot, but her faith was not a harlot. Rahab was a harlot, but she could perceive spiritual things. Rahab was a harlot, but she had a discerning heart. Amen. So not only did she help the agenda of God and the vision of God and the vision of God's people by hiding the men, but she also spoke to them about what her faith was. Amen. They were on the roof when she came and she said that, I know that the Lord has given this land to you. Remember, 10 spies had been sent, 12 and 10. Rulers of the tribes of Israel, leading men, had been sent. And when they brought information in numbers, they said that the land is in its inhabitants and we are not able to go up against it. But Rahab said, I know that you are able. Amen. That God has already given you the land. Hmm. And that your terror is falling upon us. Rahab was a frank woman. Rahab was real. And Rahab talked about real things. She spoke about her fears. She was open about her fears. She said that your terror has fallen upon all of us. Because of the kind of God you serve. We have heard a lot about that God. How he dried the Red Sea how he destroyed the two kings of the Amorites, we have heard. And I know from what I have heard that God has given the land to you. She didn't know God personally. She had not had the opportunity of knowing God personally. But she had heard. And her hearing had stirred up some faith in her. And that faith was what she was now talking about. If a harlot can know that God has done something. Then you too can know. And she didn't just keep quiet about it. She said, I know that the Lord has given the land to you. Amen. We have heard how he dried the Red Sea. So harlots can also hear the gospel. Verse 11. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now therefore, I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness. He's now doing negotiations. That you will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token. And that you will save alive my father my mother, my brethren, my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. And the, she's the chief negotiator, more than Iran and America. And the men answered her, our life for yours. If you utter not this our business, and it shall be, when the Lord has given us the land, that we will deal kindly and truly with you. Then she let them down by a cord through the window for her house was upon the town wall and she dwelt upon the wall. Amen. Verse 23. So the two men returned and went back to Joshua and told them all that 
had to be said. And then in verse 3, Joshua leads the children, chapter 3, sorry, leads the children to go to Jericho and to really fight. And he goes with the ark and all that, which we don't have time to read. And he has to circumcise them and all that. I'm just trying to skip a lot of verses because you are also first service. The, the, yeah. Joshua chapter 6, verse 22. But Joshua had said unto the two men that had spied out the country, Go into where? The harlot's house. The harlot's house. And bring out thence the woman and all that she has, as you swear unto her. And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren and all that she had. And they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. And they burnt the city with fire and all that was therein. Only the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and of iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive and her father's household and all that she had. And she dwelt in Israel even unto this day because she hid the messengers which Joshua spent, sent to spy out Jericho. Amen. Nobody is too crass. Nobody is too defiled. Nobody is too sinful for God to reach you and for God to use you. There is no such thing. Hallelujah. And many times women are overjudged for their background, their mistakes, and their failures in the past. And often that weakens them and we don't have the courage or even the thought that God could use us. Rahab was a harlot. She had heard of what God had done. And somehow her faith had been stirred up before even these two men came. I believe that it was her faith that led her to help these two men who represented Israel and the people of God. And she helped to hide them so that God's agenda, that he would give that land to his chosen people, will come to pass. And she looked into the future and said that when it has happened, I don't want only my salvation. Don't save only me. Save my father. Save my mother. Save my brothers. Save my sisters. Hallelujah. And what was the sign? The sign was that the scarlet cord, which or rope, that or ribbon that she used to tie her window to let down the spies, was the same scarlet cord that spoke for her salvation and for her deliverance. It is believed that that scarlet cord is a foreshadow of the blood of Jesus that was to be shed for our salvation. Amen. Now, I know that when Rahab met God, she changed her life. It's not enough to just say we have heard. But when we hear as women, 
we must act upon what we hear. It's not enough to say Jesus came to save sinners, but we must allow the power of God to change our lives. But that is what is happening in the modern day church. We are hearing of God's greatness. We are hearing about John 3.16, but it is not changing our lives. And it's not affecting our father in our house. It's not affecting our mother. It's not affecting our brethren. It's not affecting our sisters because there's no light. But when Rahab the harlot changed, she changed for good. Amen, somebody. And I came to encourage us. It's not enough to just attend church. If you are at work, become a different person because of the Christ you claim has come into your life. If you are at home, become a different person because of the Christ you claim has come into your life. Because when Christ comes into your life, he comes with power to transform us. The Bible says in John 1.12, As many as believed him and received him, to them he gave power to become what? Children of God. Children look like their father. Children are the offspring of God. And he has given you power. But Christians are not availing themselves of that power. Or we have rendered that power useless. And we are just like the world. There have been times I've sat in this church. And somebody's wife has come to see one of our pastor's wives in the front. That that girl leading worship is having a steamy relationship with my husband. And then when the person has been called after church in the Jesus Cathedral, she has the audacity to say, yes, it's true, and I'm not letting go. Before this very cross. Yes, a harlot can change. But she does not change without her cooperation. God does it with our cooperation. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Amen. A few women are mentioned in Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is known as the hall of fame of faith. And a few women like Sarah, Rebecca are mentioned. But perhaps Sarah and Rebecca were very righteous and holy women who had not made mistakes. But Rahab the harlot is also after so many centuries made mention of because she was a woman of faith. Amen. She came from behind, but she overtook some who had already been in the race. It's not how many years you've been around. It's what counts whilst you are around. Amen. It's not how many years we've seen you fellowship, but it's the difference that your life makes to others and to the house of God. By faith, Rahab the harlot. You see, I have a problem with the people who wrote the Bible. Even when you change, they always write your past. Of who you are. But perhaps it is also written that way to give us inspiration. And to give us hope that none of us is without redemption. None of us is beyond the saving power of Jesus Christ. That is the message of salvation. 
It's not by works. It's not by works of righteousness. Because Isaiah 64 says that our good works, they are like filthy rags before God. And that's why we need the righteousness of God. By faith, Rahab the harlot. It talks about blind Bartimaeus, although he was healed. It talks about the prodigal son, although he went back. And now Rahab the harlot, although she settled down and married Salmon. Rahab changed her way of living. Amen. And she did not perish with everybody. Why? Because she believed. Because she believed. Because she believed. The Bible gives us a promise in Acts 16, I believe, 32, that you and your household, you will be saved. And I love the heart of Rahab. Somebody would have said, hey, they can't carry all of us. My father, my mother, by that time, the city would be ready to burn. But she said that when you come to save, don't save only me. Save me and my household. You too must come and bring light to you and your household. Amen. When I got born again, I was the only Christian in my house, born again Christian in my house. And I am the youngest girl. So it wasn't easy for me. And my big sisters and my big brothers were way older, maybe about 10 years older. And they were the jamming kind, you know. And every time, even my brother who was after me, we had a, a sitting room for the children. So when I go downstairs early in the morning, I'm going to pray. Then he will come and say, that, why are you coming to pray here now? Today he's a pastor in Sheffield. But he used to say, why are you coming to pray here now? I said, because it's early. And I just want to come downstairs to pray. And when I start my worship songs, at this end, he will come and say that, I think you are doing this intentionally. And I couldn't get it. I mean, one day he said that. I couldn't get it. But when I finished my quiet time and I was going, then I saw a girl who is now his wife coming out of the room. That's when I understood that. And I kept saying, ah, but what have I done? I came to pray. And he kept saying, you shall do. You shall do. I said, ah, I shall do what? You shall do. It was later when I opened the door to go. And my parents were in the house, but we didn't know that we had a sojourner in the room. Hallelujah. And I used to pray for their salvation. And when I met Bishop, he said, my sisters also don't know the Lord. And your brothers and sisters also don't know the Lord. So let's pray and believe God to touch them. So every time, he would go to the gardens on his own time. And then my roommates and I, every Friday, would go to the gardens. Not to pray for a husband. Not to pray for shoes but to pray that God will save our household. Hallelujah. That God will touch many people. And the more we prayed, sometimes it looked like the worst it got. The more I prayed for Prophet Kaka, the more further he seemed to go from God. But God is faithful. And today, they are all born again, serving the Lord in all so many pastoral ministries. I can say that me and my household, we are saved. May you pray, may you labor, may you have a heart for you and your household like Rahab, the harlot. Man judges from the outside, but God, he judges from the inside. God does not see as man sees, but when something happens on the inside, surely it shows on the outside. Amen, somebody. And lastly, I want us to look at James chapter 2. Verse 25, James chapter 2, verse 25. Likewise also, was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers 
and has sent them out another way. What the verse was saying before was that we, we, we have to show our faith by what we claim that we believe. Amen. And we'll say that likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works. So works can also justify you. It's not enough to just believe. But you must act on what you claim you believe. Amen. The Bible says, show me your faith by your works. So you can say, well, I just believe, Lady Reverend, but you know, this is my sugar daddy. I really love him. I, I mean, I have, I have sheep who are dropped on the car park by people's husbands, people they are not married to, and they come into the church, and you say you are serving God, but your works must follow your faith. Amen. Rahab changed her life. And when she changed her life, I don't think she knew that Jesus Christ will one day come from her. And the fact that God is not a respecter of persons, that he should choose a one-time harlot to be in the genealogy of his sinless son shows a merciful and a gracious God whose love we must respond to by the way we, be, we act and the way we behave. Today, the role of a woman called Rahab in the life of Jesus cannot be underestimated. And I pray that you will also rise up in spite of what your past may be, in spite of where you've been or where you are even in this service today. May you be a Rahab who settles down with a salmon, who becomes a normal woman to raise a normal family and to raise a godly generation to which God can lay hold and use. You too, may you be a woman that God can use in spite of and with your, your past to make something beautiful out of your life. Stand to your feet, please. Every eye closed, every head bowed. When it's all been said and done, please help me. There is just one thing that matters. Did I do my best to live? I just want you to meditate on these words.
I just want you to use these few minutes to speak to God. Some of us have to repent of certain things. Some of us have to allow Jesus to be Lord in every area of our lives. He's Lord, yes, but it is selective obedience. And you want to say, Lord, today, I bring you all the hidden areas of my life, like Rahab the harlot. I bring it to your altar so that in exchange for it, you will give me life, eternal life. And Lord, I may even be born again, but things have not changed. Areas in my life exist where I'm still a harlot because I have a relationship with you and I also have a relationship with the world. But this morning, I'm coming clean. Speak to God. It's not a formality. He says, he who calls on me will be saved. And if you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus as your Savior. You want to say, Lady Reverend, pray for me. I'm not sure whether I'll go to heaven or hell when I die. Lady Reverend, pray for me. I want to know Jesus. I want to be sure of my eternal destiny. I want Jesus to come into my life. I want a new beginning in the things of God. If you are like that here this morning, just come forward. Just come forward. I am coming, Lord. Lift up your hands and come forward. Lady Reverend, pray for me. I need Jesus. Oh, his message. God bless you. I see you. Come. Come to Jesus. Come. He makes all the difference.
And like God reached out to Rahab the Harlot, God is going to change your lives. And God is going to use you. And you are going to be remembered long after you have gone. Because God will use you in a mighty way. God bless you. Please follow our pastor, our lady pastor here. And obey everything she tells you. And come back and join us. God bless you. Shall we pray? Father, we lift up our lives before you. We confess that even though we say we are Christians, we have played the harlot in many ways. And we cannot condemn Rahab the harlot. This morning, may every harlotry leave our lives. Lord, direct our hearts into the love of God, like Paul prayed for your church. May our hearts be turned, not to the things of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Deliver us from, but turn our hearts to seek first the kingdom, and to experience the verse that says that all things shall be added unto us. Thank you for a new beginning. Thank you for a falling away of harlotry in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243 187 900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.